not just talk about the gospel or around the gospel, but we must communicate the content of the gospel. You know what's amazing? There's a whole lot of gospel talk going on right now, and that's a good thing. But what I notice is that oftentimes, with all the gospel talk, there's not a whole lot of gospel. Amen. We must communicate the gospel. We must communicate to men that they are lost in their sins because of the fall of our first parent, Adam. They need to know that. You are ruined. You don't just need to be improved. You need to, you need to be made over. You can't get there from here. You're a sinner. They need to know that. They need to know that. They need to hear that. God is just and righteous. And not only does he judge theoretically, he's going to judge you because of your sin. Because of what you thought and said and did. You should have died in your sleep last night. But God gave you another day. You need to beg him for forgiveness. Because you're ruined apart from Christ. And here's what you need to know. He died for the sins that you committed. Not for his own. But by his passive and active obedience. He purchased full and complete righteousness that he might impute it to you and then took upon himself all of the guilt that was necessary as a propitiation to a righteous God whose wrath must be poured out on sin. And it is only when you acknowledge your sin, turn from your sin and call on this Christ who died and apply that to yourself that you have any hope of being saved. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Radio Network. Stay tuned for an encouraging word from Pastor, Teacher Dr. James Sutton. Let's see, what Pastor Sutton has to say to us today. Excuse me, she called me in the middle of a drink, but I... Go get your coffee, go get your tea, go get your milk, go get your cereal, and come back and join us. We're going to have a good time today. Uh, change my background. I'm I'm in front of my, as T would say, my real bookcase with real books that I've read. You know, T, I was looking, I was, I was thinking about my bookcase. It's like some of these people, some people have books that they've never read and, and you know, just these few books, this because this is just on one level, one and a half levels. You see, it's just a few books that I've read. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network. Stay tuned for an encouraging word from Pastor, Teacher Dr. James Sutton. Let's see what Pastor Sutton has to say to us today. ain't writing his books they come out with them too fast how can you write all these books study for the word of god uh pastors a congregation you know just too much you know you have to have a ghostwriter for that kind of stuff and uh t keep trying to get me to do a book but i and i don't i just gotta find the time so t what's going on in your world before we pray everybody else in how's your weekend You have, today you have a sponsor? Really? You have a sponsor? Wow. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> today going to be kind of silly and fun, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, you guys know 
So hold up, that I introduced her to that I introduced her to. I'm like the bride. I'm like the bridegroom. I I introduced those two together, Tanika and Aldi. Yes, and I secretly got to go to Aldi's all the Okay, okay, no good. Zero good. That's what I was looking for you to say. How many carbs in there? Good. No carbs. Yeah, and no today carbs. and today I'm drinking uh bubbly water. I really what, love what flavor do you have? Uh the passion fruit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really that Huh? That no, no, bubbly though. Whatever Coca bubbly, the Coca Cola, I think this is Yeah, well, I guess I don't know. All I know is bubbly. I think Coca Cola makes bubbly. If it's not, don't get mad. I'm not gonna really study the can right now, but I'll be ready next time you ask me that question. I know you will. <laughs> uh, let's pray ourselves in. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to bless us and keep us. As we go forward in faith, I'm going to adjust my camera just a little bit. There we go. So, um, we've been talking about seeds, weeds, and flowers. T, have you, what you been getting out of that so far? Well, I've been getting a lot. It's, it's definitely been working on me because I had to work through, with the help of the Lord, uh, a lot of anger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of anger, a lot of emotion, and it was very hard at the very beginning of this. But dealing with all of this and going and listening with you and the Bible study that I've been going through, that's just been working that thing down. So now we have come to not it just being the weeds and the thorns, those decisions that were weeds, that were mingled, that were disgusting, that were in a whole bunch of manure. Uh, now I have a option to continue to let it be weeds and just grow and mangle and get rooted deeper, or am I going to change that into flowers? And like all of us, are we going to sit and replay the old seeds that was put down by others, or we're going to change it into flowers because we have a decision to make from here forward after you've discovered all the truth, all the discussion is what are you going to do with that? Are you going to make the decision? To have flowers, or you gonna stay in the weeds? Yeah, the 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 key, the key is whatever the weeds are around in your life. What do you? How are you gonna to react to them? So that what comes out of your decision about reacting to the weeds, we are gonna call the weeds the negative things. Then you have a choice to use that as fertilizer to make your flowers, or continue to let those weeds infect you and choke you. You know, past sins talked about being choked in the spirit and your faith because of circumstances and decisions you make or decisions that people have made that come upon you, like the ripple effect um, that we talked about. So, you know, uh, you can choose to take the weed decisions and turn them into a different kind of creature. And that's where I want to go today. It's the newness to which we're, we, we face every day. If you have drawn breath this morning, 
you face a newness. You, you face a newness today. You face a, 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 a new journey today. You face a new implantation today. You are full of this thing called grace today. And uh, my pastor's title yesterday, Pastor Dr. Julius Sims was awesome. It says, Grace for Self-Care. And it, it just folded into what I what we've been talking about. You know, God gives you the grace so that you can have that self-care, that pop, that that growth through even the bad experiences. And uh 2 Corinthians 5:17 says that anyone that's in Christ Jesus becomes a new creature. Now, now, now think that let's just mind the depths of that. And and then, you know, he said one of my favorite things, as you probably do, if you listen to him, you'll know why he's my pastor and my mentor for 40 years. You know, one season of my life, went away to college, and now he's my pastor. He's my high school football coach. But he said, God likes thinking Christians, that they're not run by their emotions. And what we run into a lot of times is old creature believing that they're new just because they had emotional experience with God or believe that they had emotional experience with God. They stopped thinking. You asked the question of the day, all these intelligent people, uh, uh, we talked about the witchcraft in the church, uh, get into these cults, come to church, and they think whatever they're in, it's almost like geared to, to like thinking is illegal inside a church. But the Bible talks about the mind more than anything. You know, God wants you to think. God wants you to get past needing a sign, wonder, and a miracle and trust in his word in your day-to-day -day living of life because you are a new creature. The world has not changed. It's full of sin. But think about new creature. Sin has no more dominion over you. That means sin has no more power over you. Sin doesn't have to reign in your mortal body anymore, but it's still there. The, the spiritual war of the new creature is the war against the flesh and the new spirit. And we can either continue to feed our flesh as, uh, as uh, 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 Galatians 5 says, or we feed the spirit. The choice is yours. And we make it millisecond by millisecond. And guess what, Super Saints? Because you're always looking for a flash in the pan, you never spend time building your character because you want to take your emotion that you had and bring it into your new creature life. And you can't because your new creature is the flower. Your new creature is that flower. So, yeah, that's, you know, we're going we gonna to really get into that today. So what do you have as far as scripture? Okay, so I have scripture that most of us know, but anyway, I'm going to read it. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So those weeds, like you've already been discussing, you get to choose, and you can choose that, and God's going to work it out for his glory and for your benefit, but it's still going to work out the way that he wants it. You may not understand it. It may look like a whole bunch of just mess, but there's a reason that he's doing what he's doing. There's a reason why the people for me have come into my life at this time. They didn't come before. Right. They've been around a long time, but they're here now. What is the reason for this whole side of all these extra family members that I don't know a huge amount of them coming into my life like just slapped down right now? There's a reason. And, and, and you see, 
God's purpose in it by scripture. Knock and you shall find. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You've been knocking for a while. And you got the chance to open that door. But you can only open that door with the mind of the new creature. Because the mind of the old creature would have went completely south on this. You know what I'm saying? So God had to prepare you and build your character so that you can handle this particular situation. Neutral in information, but weed or flower in its growth in you. You know, the, the information that you got a father, you know you had a father. You just didn't know who he was. It, it's logical to think that you have other brothers and sisters. Information. But then you get the nuances of it that produces this, 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 this new, let's say, new creation in itself because it never was in your life before. But it comes to you at a time when you are growing your Christian character. So this is, again, remember I said a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. So your faith is being tested. Now you got the information you've been asking for. I gave you what you asked for. But I can see the hand of God protecting you from that information up to this point. And like you say, even the people that come into your life, you know, a lot of people spend too much time trying to write, rewrite history to fit a narrative that they want versus going forward in faith and creating the narrative that they can have. See, the new creature doesn't worry about yesterday. You know, I don't hear him say that he's going to lie about what I used to do yesterday because that's part of my testimony as a new creature. See, the new creature has a testimony. But the problem with the with the people who are new creatures versus just professed creatures, what I find out is, and, and you guys out there can comment on this, I find out when I listen to people's testimony is one. Some time ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, last week, your life should be an ongoing testimony of God. Because the ongoing testimony is to where the new creature is exhibiting its fruit. When I have a testimony about God that was that was glorifies God, the all things happen for the good. The new creature we see loves God, right? And because he loves God, there's good that comes out of it that glorifies God. And like Pastor said yesterday, the new creature, you know, I just get all these nuggets from him. The new creature I'm going to expand it. The new creature feeds on the good of God and goodness and mercy shall follow him. See, goodness and mercy is only for the sheep that follow the shepherd. Man, this is so revelatory. I hope some of you get this. You need to share this and pass this on because it can, it can, it can change your thought pattern. Thought pattern. I found out that since I've been walking with Christ... I don't blow up at every humanistic circumstance. You follow me? Yeah, stuff still happens. I'm not prone. I'm not. I'm not immune from the poison of this world. But the Bible says I'm a new creature, and I have a choice on how to respond to it. about this. 
thing that he also mentioned that was very uh, instrumental into my mind was how am I sounding? How do you sound? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. being authentic. See, that's why he said you can mistake his sermon and take it in a different way and take it in the wrong way. We're not talking about naming and claiming and smiling and grinning and, and all of that stuff they do. Okay? We're not talking about witchcraft. We're talking about understanding you such, you're such a new creature that his word begins to make you think and your think becomes your, your action and your speech. Let no corrupt communication come from your lips, okay? That don't mean you walking around naming and claiming it. That means in your day-to-day -day conversation with people, your character is such that they smell you. What do you taste like? You know, all those words that describe humanistic terms. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So, so, so again, what I expect out the Lord is the Lord to continue to pour into my spirit and help me by the Holy Spirit, fight this battle that's going on each inside me every day. Not lying to myself and lying to God. If I'm sick, I'm sick. God heal me. If I if I don't if I don't if I need money, God provide the opportunity for me. You don't need to claim it. You need to pray for it. And ask if it's in his will. You know, just like, I mean, another nugget. I mean, we probably talk, we're going to probably talk about, he said, relieve yourself, the three R's, relieve, relax, and refresh. Was that it? Relieve, relax, and refresh? Yeah. He said, he said, relieve yourself of this, this thought, and it's two thoughts, of being a people pleaser. And what I find out in a lot of Christians is they become clones and people pleasers or they they feel they must speak the same language in the sense of how they deal with their issues. So if I'm in a place or a church that's, that's, that's miracle signs and wonders oriented, I'm going to deal with my life in that. But let's be honest. Jesus didn't heal. We, <laughs> this is so powerful. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. There was hundreds of sick folk waiting for a superstition to happen. Waiting for an angel, which it was their superstition to trouble the water. And then he never said that anybody was really healed, but they believed that they could get healed by a seismic thing that happened in that region. See, when you study geography about the clan, you understand there were seismic things that happened so the water would be troubled. They would call an angel. The Jews have become very superstitious people. So Jesus went to one person, one person out of all those people 
and healed them and turned his back and left. All of them were waiting on a miracle sign and wonder. But they all needed a word from God. Yeah. It, every forget even everybody. Sometimes it's possibly a please two people. But it, but it doesn't mean that you don't go out to do good to people. See, and then he talked about this. You know, the new creature. We say unto what? Good works. But we can't do good works until the light is developed in us that the good works we do point to Jesus and not to ourselves. Right. See, we, we get we get it twisted up. Because man will start giving you accolades and it'll be for you. You think that Jesus, you know, when you read Jesus so loved the world that he gave his begotten son, he loves everybody. No, there's a distinction because in his prayer before he left, he said, I don't pray for the world or those in the world. I pray for the ones who are going to be mine. So they're going to be a group of people that don't even belong to Jesus. And he calls them his enemy. Because until we came to Jesus, we had enmity with God. That means we had enemies that were enemies, and we couldn't come. So he provided a reconciliation through his death where the healings didn't need it. And when you get that concept that he didn't need to die to heal my bones, to make me see, to make me walk, he could do that. But there was something that 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 death provided and that resurrection provided that made us a new creature. None of those people got healed. They still need to get saved. Right. Even Lazarus, think about this. Even Lazarus who were brought back from his physical death still need to be born again. Nicodemus still needed to be born again. The man with the withered hand still need to be born again. So they can experience the new creature. The new creature that can make decisions to sin or not to sin. Right. And see, the man is so egotistically selfish. Man, he said so many things. Egotistically selfish. And I'm expanding what he said. So egotistically selfish, you believe that you're the only part of creation that he died for. The Bible says all of creation groans and waits with expectation of his return. Think about the seismic shift in the relationship with man and creation when Adam sinned because he was the steward, the vice lord over all creation. He named everything that's on this earth from animal to seed to even woman herself. He walked with God and was physically as we know naked. She walked with God. So what covered them? What covered them was the spirit and the relationship that they had with God. And throughout the earth at that time of what he had to deal with in the garden, he was in control over everything. He enjoyed everything. Can you imagine being able to enjoy in the spirit even the things of, of the earth without any problem? He said you could eat of every, every vine of the trees, everything, green things. Your animals are cool. They ain't out here killing each other. The lion can lay down with the lamb. Yeah. No problem. Okay. And I'm going to just say this is my opinion. I believe once Adam sinned 
and plunged the whole creation in the upside down? Where there was peace and now there's enmity? Where there's peace, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Where there was peace, there is now war. Where there's love, there's now hate. When, when, the, when that situation with the devil, that moment, they became new creatures and lost the relationship that they had. Because see, once you become a new creature, let's, let's, let's work it forward, forward. When they became new creature, their new creature lost the relationship, lost the connection, lost the, lost the closeness. They had never known what it was like to not be with God but now they did, and the first thing they noticed, it they I'm not, oh God, this is so deep. <laughs> not that they were disconnected from God, but they were what? What did they notice first? They what did they know first? That they were naked. No, they knew they were naked. Their eyes became open to to the sin. And the sin showed them that they were naked and they assumed that that nakedness was inappropriate for God. But they had already been naked. They didn't have no clothes on, but it was the relationship was the spirit controlled the flesh. The flesh was utilized to, 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 to love God, as you said, and do the things as God wanted it, want the body to do. The body was created for worship. But the minute they plunged themselves into sin, now the body had a different relationship now with God because the body was used to sin. And now the body ruled the spirit because God's spirit was removed. And now man's spirit, which, which became corrupted, now it, 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 his emotions and all that became self-centered. And that's why they knew they were naked because it, it left from being about God to being about them. And we've been living under that curse, which is not going to be complete. It got paid for until Jesus returned. You go on the glory, get your glorified body and you understand it in a right relationship. See, a glorified body can walk through walls. This sinful flesh body, go and try to walk through a wall and see what happens. <laughs> see, everything was turned upside down. So it was, yeah. it was God, man, woman, creation. Man and woman, co-leaders. Woman created for man to complete God's mission as leaders. Him being responsible her being accountable. But then we flipped it. And God is out. Because he's fourth. Because remember when you when he talked about being self-centered, you push God out. The room, the room that you have for God gets diminished when you're self-centered. See, and he and he gave the definition between difference between self-care through grace and being self-centered, because self-care through grace longs to please God and love God and then the good things will follow. See, the problem is you're chasing good things versus the great relationship. Chasing the goodness of God has nothing to do with material things. 
chasing the goodness of God. So you trust God to the point that whatever he gives you, you're happy. You learned. See, this is, this is the thing. This is where naming and claiming gets thrown out the window. If great Paul said, I've learned, learned that in whatever state I am, whether I have or I have it, I've learned to be content that those that name and claim it are out the window. That those healing by faith healers versus healing by faith out the window because he had something in him that God told him what, what, what was the power that was sufficient in Paul's life, even though he had a thorn in the flesh that was given to him by Satan to buffer him. What was it? He said, my grace is sufficient. Because Paul understood in this new creature as the flesh began, began as he had he made choices to follow the spirit, his flesh became irrelevant, unimportant, and were just a means to an end. And the curse you live under is, let you know this is, you're decaying every day. And the world spends a gazillion trillion dollars trying to keep you young. Not necessarily healthy. Because they can use all kinds of chemicals and pills that aren't healthy for you to keep you young. Not understanding that's the course of the world. You 50 want to be 20. 60 want to be 30. It's all about your flesh. And I'm not advocating you look bad or good. You look how you want to look. But when I go to the nursing home, really, you can't, I can't tell what these people look like when they was in their 20s. You know what I'm saying? That has, that has escaped them. And if they banked on everything in the flesh, they don't have none of that no more. They don't have the new house. They don't have a car. That Some of them don't even have the money they used to have. Some of them can't even remember having all those things and, and putting their trust in them. But the one thing you can de develop over time is your trust in God, which is the light of God, which is the good works you're saved unto. So your good works are a demonstration of your testimony that should be throughout your life that grows into flowers. Not only for other people, but for yourself. You just can't keep living like chasing stuff. I, trust me, I know. And this is this is not a brag. I've had a lot, and those who really know me, I had a lot of stuff in my life. But when God came into my life, all the stuff, like Paul, I would count it as worthless. My pedigree, I'm so glad I'm born into the family I am, but that's irrelevant. I'd rather be I'd rather be born again. The different positions that I've had, the education that I've had, all of that to knowing Christ is worthless. And the power that I had, I may not have the power to go out and buy you a brand new house, but I have the power to give somebody who's thirsty a cup of this water. See, it's in the mundane things that you see your power and decisions you make your life to be flowers. See, back in the day was a time when I wanted to do the shimmy, shiny, shaky things in people's lives. So what I would do is, is use that power to, to, to adhere them to me so I would become their God. That's the flesh. See, I'm trying to please people through my resources.
yeah, if it actually helped you, that's great. You know, we're not talking about like getting over, but, 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 but I think about really my motive was to, it's not the kindness out of my poverty, but I mean, but I would give what wouldn't hurt me or no sacrifice. I, I would give to bring you closer to adhere to me. Whereas now my giving is not to bring you closer to me, but bring you closer to the God that's in me to see him, that you may see Jesus. See, past me and go to whatever I do now, I do to glorify him versus to even bring attention to me. That's why the Bible says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing. Because your right hand may be doing something that glorifies yourself when the left hand may be doing something to glorify God. That's an ongoing battle. So T, what you what did you get out of this? I know I didn't talk a lot, but what did you get? What did you come up with out of what we've been saying so far? Out of what you're saying right now or the entire thing with your Or whatever. What I mean, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I have been getting a lot about this entire thing that we've been talking about with the seeds, weeds, and flowers. Because it's it's true. When we go back to the little PSA that you reminded me about. Decisions have consequences, every single one that we make, even the good ones, and those grow up to be something even greater. But when we have something that is good, we see that we might think and feel is wrong. We don't know how God's going to turn that around and twist it around for our benefit. But we keep, like you say, put one foot in front of the other. We can maneuver and keep going. And I talked to one of my sisters, the newer one, and she's still in that uh, you know, it hurts her a little more because she was around the family that I wasn't around, so I don't have the same experience. But she's like, "Well, how do you keep going? I'm I'm around these people; they don't see me, and I'm I'm here." And I gave her that little simple thing. I said, "You put one foot in front of the other," and she's like, "That's how you move forward: one foot in front of the other." I said, "I don't claim to understand how challenging and difficult it could be around family that they see you and do not acknowledge you. I don't think I could be able to handle that." Right. But to not be around them, I have been, like you said, kind of sheltered and given grace in that regard that I wasn't around all that. Because <coughs> it probably hurt me a lot more to know that you see me, but you don't want to acknowledge me. You can physically, I can see you, and I live around the corner from you. That would very be hard, would be very hard for me. But when I'm seeing that from her and hearing that, that's painful. So it's going to take a lot for her. And so I know I'm here to to not focus on the negative part, but try to do my best to walk her through that because I we have the same father, but for her it's very hard. I can hear how hard it is, and it's heartbreaking to hear how hard it is for her to be around all these aunts, all these people that just deny her in the physicality of they can see her. Right. Yeah, act as if she's invisible. Right. But she's not. And, and again, like I was telling you, with all the information that you have and all the connections you can make, part of that uh, 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 letting go, part of that releasing yourself, part of that, you know, uh, deciding to who you go, which ones you're going to have that relationship with. And then realizing, too, and, I, and I'm going to tell you this, uh, people, saints of God, especially... And this works in the in the secular world too. Sometimes I'm gonna go back to the testimony that you gave, testifying that you become a new creature. Okay. 
and you don't have any ongoing testimony. You know, I, I, I you know, you hear the, the 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 same one in church all the time. I'm glad he woke me up this morning. Are you really? What are you doing to glory? What are you doing to glorify him today? What, like you said, I think about what you said. She asked you, how do I move forward? You told a very simplistic thing, but she's looking for something spectacular. Like, like a flash in the pan. You know, I go in and spin around twice, drink Java juice, open my Bible to such and such verse number 19, whatever. And I, and I begin to chant it all over the house. And I write these words of affirmation over my room. And uh, then she'd be like, wow, let's do it. But do you just said something real profound? You got feet, right? How do you walk out your door? One foot at a time. How do you go to work? One foot at a time. That's the God walk. They say walk with Christ. See? Because you could have went there and she would chase that. But she'd have ended up in despair because of it because that flash in the pan depends upon God. But God do want her to walk steadily with him. So she has to grow. The Bible says grow in grace. But you told her something simple that was so profound. And, and again, you pr you probably underwhelmed him with that. Like, is that what you do? You know, like, think about it. Is that what you do? Walk? That's because, like, yeah, when you say that, when you say that right there, it's almost what I said. It's like, huh. Right. What? Like, duh. What? Yeah. <laughs> but in your testimony, which was good, supposedly it was true, versus being brainwashing to coming forward, being brainwashed to act like everybody else in church, being brainwashed to dance around and all that stuff they do in church. Do you know church is one of the most uh, dangerous psychological events that you can have in your life or places you can be if you're not real grounded in who you are? Because what you want to do is you want to fit in so bad that you, so many stories about these tongues and people surrounding them and they just like almost bullying them and then the person say, you know what, I just said something to get away. How is that glorifying God? And y'all, and everybody listening to me, know somebody who had that kind of event happen to them. But we don't want to talk about that. Run downstairs and learn how to... See, that's not new creature behavior. That's witchcraft. But but I, I digress. Let's get to the testimony thing. <laughs> the testimony is a good thing if it's true. But if, if, but if it's true, there's a progressive testimony and a progressive repentance. That you, the Bible talks about doing good works unto repentance. The Pharisees didn't, John the Baptist said, you know, you haven't done these good works unto repentance. See, the goodness of God, Romans 2, 3, and 4, the, the God's forbearance and his kindness. Think about this. His goodness and his mercy. That's another good, forbearance and kindness. What should it do? Lead us to repentance. And, he form, it's, and it's formed as a question. Don't you know? And I would say most of the saints I run into our so-called saints, they don't approach it that way. See, repentance is another testimony. God, I'm glad you got me out of this. God, I'm glad you kept me from that temptation. <coughs> and uh, Pastor Noel Jones said this yesterday was so profound. He said, we always talk about what God delivers us from that we don't like, but it's, that's not the deliverance. It's what you do like that you need to be delivered from. Now think about it. Just, see, that's what I want you to think a little bit. To say I got delivered from a boss that treats me bad, that's easy. But what about the sin that I do that nobody else knows about? Are you crying out to God and asking him to deliver that from you? That's bad. Yeah, that thing that you ain't let nobody else know. Mm -hmm. That you like now. 
Yeah, you want to be delivered from the stalker who's stalking you, which is great. But what about that man or that woman that you got no business dealing with? That got your number. <laughs> and I mean got your number where, yeah. That's a that's a whole nother thing. You know, or let's just say your testimony is good and great and it's real. Sometimes you can hold on to a good testimony and wear that out till it till it becomes stale. And that's why you end up with the testimony of when it, when they when they when they oh when they are compelled by to please other people to get up in church and say something, that's all they got. God woke me up this morning. I'm so glad. I love the Lord. He been so good to me. I'm not saying that's wrong, but you said that six weeks ago. You said that. Is there anything that you can give us in particular to show that you're walking out? your life by faith that would encourage others? Because you get three or four of them and it sounds like we're all robots, like we're the stepper wives. Where's the relationship? Where's the new creature? You know, where is that person? Or is it not? You haven't really experienced the repentance of God. Where's the, I came to God because I knew that if I took another breath, I deserve to go to hell because of a thrice holy God. And I knew, and I he opened my eyes to the fact that what I deserved could happen any second now. And I threw myself on his mercy and said, how, what must I do to be saved? And he says, Jesus, believe upon him. And you threw your trust and your faith into what happened at Calvary and you got saved versus you came to God because you were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Which one sounds more intense? Which one did you need a savior from? for? You needed a savior because of your sin. And that's why I'm saying he didn't want you to focus on the signs, wonders, and miracles to have a relationship with him. He wanted you to focus on the word. If, if you notice the progression of signs, wonders, and miracles, start diminishing even then apostolic age because they have the word. You should have a word which is spirit to sustain you. You should not need the signs, wonders, and miracles to govern your day-to-day -day life because that's like chasing the wind. Like he said, inspiration. Inspirations, yeah, I'm gonna give you two things. Inspiration and motivation. He said inspiration is like a balloon filled with air. Eventually it's going to run out and you're going to need more of that. It's like a drug. So if you'd have told your sister you needed the shimmy, shiny and, and, and shapely things and told her all that stuff I said at the beginning, she'd have been chasing that because now she's inspired. But the wisdom word we're less inspired by. And the Bible commands us, James said, if you lack wisdom, get it. It is said if you lack signs, wonders, and miracles. I know they don't, I know y'all don't like this teaching. Y'all like the truth. That's why we're called walk in truth. Do I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles? Of course I do. I am not stupid. But I know that the word is the sign, wonder, and miracle because this the word that's in Ephesians chapter 2 and testified by Paul in chapter in chapter 3. These are the people, this is how people, when Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than these, first of all, you're going to go out the place I didn't go. 
And what you're going to be able to do is you don't even have to touch them. If they can get that word from you, it'll raise them from Ephesians 2 dead and can't do nothing to alive in a new creature and ready to walk in the newness of their faith. You're too worried about the material things. These TV evangelists, they're not your pastor. You don't have no relationship with them. You get motivated by them. So the first one's like a balloon, inspiration. You need to blow that thing back up again. And if they suck you into that, you, you, it's, like, it's like falling into a weird type of cult. I need my balloon blowed up every week. But what if God decides sovereignly to do what he did to the woman, man at the well? All of y'all need y'all balloon blowed up, but he only blows one up. <laughs> then what? Then what? Now God is scandalous. You mean he didn't, can you imagine I blow up one person's balloon in the church and one person walking around with a balloon? Think about a helium balloon. Everybody bring their balloon to church. They need inspiration. I blow one person's balloon up and they sitting in church with that balloon floating around. Everybody's sitting there with a limp balloon. Man, do you know how mad they would be? And they sitting there watching me have a big tank of helium there. Same thing, I'm going to say it's motivational. Motivation is like a shower. You take the motivational shower, you smell good, but you got into the world and, and you work it off, you need another shower, don't you? Yep. And you got to keep getting this shower, getting this shower to feel and smell the same way. But when you become a new creature, the, shot, the, the essence of who Jesus is in your life is inside of you. The light is inside of you. And you don't need to continue to take showers. You just need to continue to delve into the word of God that gives you the light that you may go out and do this good works so people can see what's shining through you. Absolutely. The devil can do sign wonders and miracles. They call false signs wonders and miracles. And you don't have the discernment to know the difference because they're going to be just as good. And you, by the time you realize it's fake, you already in. And you might say, you know what? Even because it's fake, and fake don't mean it's bad, fake don't to the world, because think about it, the sign one of the miracles that's done in the world may be for the world. So it could be job, it could be money, it could be a whole bunch of things that you want, that you named and claimed. But guess what? It's fake because what you'll do is you'll be telling people how God blessed you with the material, and you'll take away from the salvation altogether. You, know, you get saved to get blessed. I thought you posed, I thought salvation was the blessing in the nutshell. Whether you have or you haven't. What about the people that live in countries where they will never have what you have? How can you take over their signs, wonders, and miracles about this material stuff when they will never have that? The churches in Africa that I deal with, the churches in Africa that are part of Walking Truth, some of them walk to church in bare feet, and that's what they're going to do. It makes no difference to them. Let you walk around the house in bare feet. And God don't bless you with some shoes. You wouldn't be saying, I love God so much, I don't need no shoes. See, our own ego, our own Western materialism exposes us to, to a level of, 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 of relationship with God that we don't have. Not that we do have. And you know it. But you, it's so attractive. See, what we're doing is not attractive. You know? It's not yeah, it, 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 you told her to walk. 
let me see. Somewhere in that book it says walk by faith. Do you really think he was talking about material things? Or was he giving you the formula to live out your life and handle the things that come as a result of a sinful world? And don't measure my relationship with you by stuff. Don't you ever cheapen the blood of Jesus as you getting some stuff and cheapen his blood for salvation. Because we know there are some heathens that got more stuff than, some, than a lot of saints. And you would love to have they stuff. And they come to you and says, look, at my stuff, and you that's what you measure my blessings of God by. That's a trick of the enemy. The trick of the enemy wasn't in, 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 in the garden. God's worried about you being like him and you creating your own stuff. He's jealous of you. He's afraid of you. Because if he allowed you, if you if you ate this, if you digest this, then you become just like him. And that's the problem. Saints of God, you're trying to become little gods on earth. But for those of us, we're going to use woke in a better term. For those of us who are woke to the spirit of God, that's not our goal. My goal is to get you saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. And then that God, if God wants to walk up to you and give you something, you be the only person in the room, God bless you. But I ain't going to look at what you got and what I don't have and say, God bless you and he's not blessing me. Because what you have, you spend your life trying to maintain it. Where God say, I ain't going to give that to you because you go, I love you so much. Mm -mm. They wanted it, let them suffer. You know, God will let you get some stuff from the devil to prove to you, you, you going in the wrong direction. Look at the story of the Israelites. This, from the time of Abraham all the way through, a, a steady decline away from God and towards the material. He told them, don't drink about witchcraft. He told them, don't practice none of that stuff. Don't learn of that stuff the nations do. I got a different plan for you. But see, the different plan wasn't shiny enough. What happened when, when Moses went up to the mountain? What did they build? What did they make with their hands? A golden calf. Where do you think they got that from? The Egyptians. And so on and so on. So they would have a uh, 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 Moloch. They tried to put Moloch in with the temple. And every time they went back in, he was toppled over, hands cut off, head cut off. You can't put nothing next to God from the hands of man. Quit telling people that, you liars. Quit telling people they got to buy this cup or this oil or burn this in their house. That's witchcraft. You're going away from God because God never prescribed that. And you want to mix the holiness of Jesus with, with practices of your culture, with the profane. And mix them together and form your own God. And think about like the witches say, they go away from the, from the playbook and start their own book. They can't wait. Like Karen said, long-suffering is easy. It's the patience that kills us. See, once I'm in the long-suffering mode, you, you kind of can see that you're suffering. But that patience up to that point to get there, oh my God. So you become this new creature. You have a choice today. Flowers. Or continue to cultivate your weeds. You don't need to rewrite history. 
because your history of the negative is your fertilizer for the positive. What they use to fertilize a lot of ground. If you ever been past a, a place that with a with a where they just put down uh, the mulch and stuff, that stuff stink. That's fresh manure stink. But what is that manure for? To help the good grow. Yeah, good soil. The Bible gave you the story. I forget where it said. Where, where, God, where the man said, this thing is not producing fruit. And the vine dresser said, don't, don't, don't throw it in the fire yet. Let me fertilize it. Let me put some manure around it and then come back. See, you're supposed to grow up through the manure. But you don't like that kind of teaching. You want a better job, go get some education. You want more money, learn how to manage the money you got and do something with your money. Because when it all boils down, or you got people chasing your stuff, or do you got people running to Jesus to be saved? See, Pastor Jay, when you're sharing that, that's what they gotta, we all have to do. We gotta all grow through the sugar, honey, iced teas of life as you were sharing on one of your uh, broadcasts. Right. And it's just like that light that we have to shine through with those good works. First, we gotta have that character, like you're saying, that character has to be built up to show the good works to glorify the Father. If your character is off, you can't even show that because now you are once again being self-centered to show, look what I can do, look what I have, look at all these things. It's never, it has never been about us. We are the vessel to point to who always pointing to Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, and he's the only way that we have. There's not a gazillion ways. He's the only way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Heavenly Father but by him. So that's all you have. You don't have all these other glitz and glamour. It's it's him. And if you can't accept that, then perhaps you're not in the body and you need to go back and self-examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. Amen. You have to do that. Self-examination. Consistently. Or are you just saying it? <coughs> you know, uh, somebody out here got, you know, I, I look at the, the books of some people and they give all these, all these TV pastors as they mentor. All these fake TV pastors as they mentor. I'm not going to get the names. Y'all know them. You don't have no relationship with them for real. And then we make these people icons. But you notice out of all them names, I never see the name of the Lord Jesus. They won't be listed one. They'll be listed last. So who's their real God? Their parents, their teachers. If I if I ever get around to doing a book that you have commanded me to do, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus gonna be first. first. I'm gonna thank God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit first. Amen. Amen. And I might not thank anybody else. And I say along with my other, my other brothers and sisters in Christ. Too many to be named. <laughs> and if you get mad because I didn't put your name in the book, my book, so what? I put Jesus' name in my book. That's right. You should be satisfied with that. Because if you know you've been a part of my life and part of my spiritual growth, or the negative part of my life, <coughs> it, you get accolades too in that. It's all my brothers and sisters have been in my life, whether they were weed or or 
or came at me like a flower, the ripple effect of who they are, the fact that they've been in my life is they get, they get who I am today. Okay. I'm going to get some accolades right quick for all the haters, liars, and, and, and people who meant me harm in my life. I want to thank you. You were the best catalyst for running me to Jesus and seeing my, my sinful self. And those who have prayed for me that I don't know, those who have, who have labored for me, those who even mention my name and to God, even if it's one second, I want to thank you because you have sustained me. And of course, right now, my the church that which I'm a pastor and a servant, not an icon, but a servant. There's only one icon in our church, and that's the Lord Jesus. There's only one playbook. That's the playbook of the Bible. And from that, no matter how much manure comes into our life, I, I am confident that we're growing up as flowers, walking truth. And those who are attached throughout the world. I've never asked you for a dime. That's your choice if you want to support the ministry. I've never asked you to join. That's your choice if you want to join and partner with us. It's all up to you. I give you that freedom. There's liberty in Christ Jesus. And then well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you say something. Remember he said too, you got some people in church that, that this is how this goes. You use the people who want to be used and the people who who are not trying to be used get jealous. Now listen to what listen to what I just said. You use the people who want to be used, but the people who 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 not being used because they don't want to have a nerve to get jealous. And then watch this. The people you you do you use say you always picking on me. You, you can't please people. So I have to relieve myself and I have to relax and restore myself every day because I have to relax in what God has given me in his word. I can't relax myself in the bling and the bling and the, and the, and the shimmy, shiny, shaky things. I have to relieve myself of people pleasing. I have to relax myself and restore myself every day by his word and in prayer. But it's a prayer for others at times, but it's a prayer more for me. To continue in that vein, relieve, relax, restore. So, T, what you have to say? What you well, think? With all we've been talking about, I like you said restore, which must be number four R, since he also said refresh. Right. That that the creation. <clears throat> I'm going to just hit this for a minute. God has blessed us to have creation. We are not to worship the creation. We are not yeah. to do that. So I'm just going to hit that for just a second. Enjoy what God has blessed you with to have the creation. If you enjoy seeing the flowers, we're talking about seeds, seeds and flowers. You enjoy outside. You see the blue sky. You enjoy the rain, the trees. God is not in those things, but he has provided this habitat, this environment for which that we live. But do not get it twisted. Do not go worshiping the trees, the sun, the moon, the stars. It is those things that he has provided for us, and you should 
be looking towards the creator for the creation in which that we live, not to go and go and worship any part of the creation, whether it be the ocean or whatever, none of that. In all the fullness thereof, God has created the creation. Look to the creator for everything, our Heavenly Father. And I'm going to leave it with that. Seeds, weeds, and flowers, you have a choice and decision in which you move. So make the best decision that God has given you in your time and your moment right. and ask him to lead you. Yeah, and, and I'm going to back you up with scripture. You see, it's in Romans, if you can go look right quick. In Romans chapter 1 or chapter 2, it says, tells man worship the creation more than creator. Okay? That's not a good thing. <laughs> you worship the God, you worship the things made by hands. The Bible tells us, do not worship things made by hands. Do not make idols of things out of the creation because it's still part of the creation. I don't care how many statues you build. I don't care how many crosses you have. These are things that are made by hands. And, and he warns you, we, 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 we read it back. Don't make anything that represents God either in out of the sky, out of the earth, under the earth, or in the waters. So you don't take what God has given us to enjoy and say that's him. No, those things didn't get the breath of God, the image of God put in them. Okay? So yes, he made the tree, but he's not a tree. And you can't use a tree to worship him. You're not, you don't, you don't, you don't put an inanimate object between you and the living God. You see how foolish that is? When God died for you, he gave you a complete access to him without no chaser, no sugar, <laughs> all salt. And he tells you, do not worship the creator. What they did was they changed, this part about what they say, they changed the natural use of their bodies. He talked about the sexual stuff, men and women, the natural use. And then also began to worship the creation more than the creator. Who is, God, who is blessed forever? Who's blessed forever? The creator, Jesus. Because he said before, before they were, I am. Before Moses was, I am. What he what he telling you? He's way back in creation. He said, I saw Satan fall from the stars. Who did that? Jesus. You find that in Romans? I think it's Romans 1 or 2. Yeah, okay, don't worry about it. I see this in Romans chapter 1 or chapter 2. The fall of man. Where it talks about uh, men and women trading in the natural use of their bodies, burning their lust, and then it also talks about worship the, the creation Yep, that's where it's at. Give us some context. Okay, so Give us some context. Okay, so, go up a little bit. Okay, so Romans 1, and I'm going to go to uh, 24, I guess, 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness mm -hmm. in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. The truth of God for the lie. The truth of God for the lie. And how did that manifest itself? Go ahead. And some versions say creation, serve the creation. Creature is part of the creation. So you began to serve everything else but God who is blessed forever. He gave you up. See, this is the thing that you don't think will happen. God will ratify you not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. 
and going down these rabbit holes of bling zings and and lulus and lollipops and he'll give you up to the lust of your flesh you decide you want to go that way you can go and go that way but you you might be giving up and you never know when you're giving up because god doesn't have to see the grace he gives me he doesn't have to give you the mercy he gives me he doesn't have to he's sovereign he does as he pleases so what you what we assume is this is blanket god that doesn't choose well, we know he chooses because he chose Abraham <laughs> out of a sinful tribe. It wasn't that they were special. It's because he made a choice. And that's what we got. He still chose. Uh, Jesus chose 12. Then he chose Paul. Then at some time he must have chose Barnabas. Barnabas and them, Barnabas and some others didn't have, and Mark, didn't have the experience of, of walking with Jesus, but had the experience of the word from Jesus. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which is the power of God and the salvation. Why aren't we giving people the power? Because you got them chasing other things that is not as powerful as the word of God. So when he told them you're going to do greater works than these, what he didn't mean does he didn't mean the signs, wonders, and miracles. What he meant was your power is going to be so strong that you're going to be raised the dead into life through the gospel of Christ. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul, you you don't see Paul doing a whole bunch of miracles. Yes, you see one or two healings. You see a situation. You see that. But, but you don't see him healing himself and you don't see him healing Timothy. What did he tell Timothy? Take some wine for your stomach. Is there a benefit of going to get a sanctified holy people to pray over you? Yeah, but the first prayer is that you really saved. Then we pray in God's will that you be healed. And then we leave it up to the power of the Holy Spirit and your relationship with God, not my relationship with God. Because it's your faith that heals you, not mine. See, it's your relationship with God. I'm, I'm trying to get you to Jesus. I'm trying to, the, the chases in between, if we're not pouring to Jesus, it's worthless. And if you're not being ruled by the Holy Spirit to lead you in all truth, you know, like I said, we talk to somebody and, you know, next thing you know, they're talking about the trees and the birds and the bees. It's like, if I talk to you long enough and watch you go down your spiritual rabbit hole and you start with Jesus, but you end up at the tree, the rocks, the stars, the moon, the fish, wrong Jesus. <laughs> Wrong Jesus, because you because because if you notice that person never said nothing about the blood. Never said nothing about repentance. And said nothing, nothing about sin. She went from Jesus to the, the spirit and everything. Which is crazy. So T I I I think we'd have beat this one with a horse. I hope I hope that somebody got something out of this. I hope you got good comments over there. Or, or we want you to think. I want you to think about this. Think about what I said. Don't do, and if it, bur it burns your behind, it's working. <laughs> I want you to be mad at me to the point that you got to go search this out in the scriptures yourself. In context, <laughs> don't you be taking verses out of context. You see how I had her read down and through? We have to start with some kind of context. Why did God turn them over? Where it started with the lust of their hearts. And the lust of their hearts led them to worshiping the creation more than the creator. That's a decision they make. 
That's unsaved folk making that decision. And he's talking about the Jews. They were given the oracles of God, but it didn't benefit them because they stopped, they stopped reading it, they stopped listening to it, and they disconnected themselves from God. Then they try to believe, uh, uh, establish a religious system based upon the Pharisees after that, which gave them more laws that they couldn't live up to. And that's when Peter said, why would we put on the Gentile church with Cornelius and them what we could, our forefathers couldn't do through the law? All the laws magnifies the fact that you're a sinner. So those who want to go back to that, that that's, so, that's so dumb. If we're fulfilled in Christ and Christ kept the law and our salvation is in him, then we could never be law keepers other than being in him. And it's not a physical thing because we have a law to ourselves. We know when to excuse, and it's, but, it, but it becomes heightened because we know the holiness of the law, but we know the sacrifice for satisfying the penalty of the law, and therefore we love Jesus, and there we, will, we become a law to ourselves, and we know what to do. It's our love for Christ that helps us walk lawfully every day. Y'all get that when you really start thinking. Put a sign out in your yard if you got a yard. Put a put a don't touch the car sign on your car and watch you come out and have fingerprints on it. Because by nature, we're lawbreakers. You know, we're just lawbreakers. All right, T, anything else? Anything we got coming up? Yes, we both love to talk about calf cuffing season. Love talking about if you if you if you want to you yeah the shark and the, the blood in the water and uh 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 cloaking and covering you know that was that's like my best controversial not controversial but I guess it hit a lot of nerves for men and women when I talked about cloaking and covering you went out here cloaking for your. Oh yeah. Yeah, just sit back, relax, right. Right. And you, and we'll have individual sessions, we'll have together sessions, and uh, we'll be talking about this and hopefully it will educate you. I mean, in fact, I would encourage you to go back if you can Google it, I don't know, look for uh uh the cloak and cover and listen to that one. And go back and listen to Tanika's. I mean, she she does a great, uh, I would say line by line and verse by verse, exposing what cuffing season really is and the danger of cuffing season. This is not a good thing. <laughs> this is not a good thing. And it officially started yesterday this morning at 12 a.m. It's like the pre it's the prelude up to the up to the first holiday in cuffing season. Which right, is, we got the holiday season that goes with football. So another thing is we got some new terms because this is COVID cuffing season, and this is our fourth season doing this. So we got some new terms. You guys gonna learn what a unicorn is. You gotta learn what a rainbow kiss is. You gonna learn all those things because we have to be aware. And what the scripture says is too, our people perish. These people perish for lack of knowledge. You need to be knowledgeable about some of these things because you got teenagers, and if you don't need to know what to expect when they are teaching your kids what a rainbow kiss is. And I found that out and a school was teaching that to my child. I need to know. You need to know what that right. is. And when you find out what that is, you're like, the heck? I'm just saying. 
know what these things are. Yeah. Don't be oblivious to thinking that they're not real. And coming yeah. season has a lot of stuff to do with that. Because we've got dating in the young people, and we got older people that need some education on some things, too. And, so, and, Pastor Jake, anything else you want to share? Yeah, just quickly. The goal is to, to, is to stop taking the best part of your mind and sitting on it in any church for two hours. That's not spirit. God wants you to think. And he wants you to ask questions. And if you get in a situation with you in a church where you feel scared, intimidated, uh, uh, less than, when you have a burning question inside of you and you can't ask the leadership to walk you through this, through the scriptures, you need to get up, pack up, and run. Don't let nobody tell you you can't ask that because you don't have enough faith. Don't let nobody tell you you're being disrespectful to the pastor if you ask a question that challenges the teaching that something in your mind say that just can't be true. Such as, the my favorite one is an example, where a, 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 a pastor, a bishop, was in Bible study with a whole bunch of women and told them that it was Bathsheba's fault for getting raped. And they sat there you heard a moan, you heard some rustling, but none of them said, what? And then I had to discuss that with that pastor, Bishop. I didn't embarrass them, but I had a discussion with them after it was over with and say, that was such a grievous area. I don't know what you're trying to do, manipulate them, but see if how much of of your, uh, at the time I didn't say it, but I said, of your bullshit that you, they'll follow. Because it was not Bathsheba's fault. She was a subject to a king and David took advantage of his power. And you can find David starting to, starting to smell himself back. See, you think the dancing out of your clothes is a spiritual thing. Just because you say it's for the Lord don't mean it's for the Lord. His wife had to point out that that was becoming uncumberly. That was becoming unusual. That was unbecoming of a king. But he said, now to show you it wasn't God, he said, not only will I do with this, but with my concubines, I'll do even more. Duh. Some of the things you say is for the Lord. Some of the practices you think is for the, you take that one narrative and make it holy when it truly, if you read it in context, it wasn't. Why could David build God a temple had too much blood on his hands. Not the righteous blood, unrighteous blood. Think about it. Because why wouldn't God forgive him? Because in his youth, because of what he wanted to do, he got a whole priesthood slain. Read First Samuel chapter 21 through 23 and you'll see because of his decision a whole priesthood family of priests were slain 85 in total because David used them so yeah what I got going uh, check out Walker Truth Radio Network Bible study on Tuesday uh, 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, we broadcast live uh uh on Tuesday, let me see. Send me my bookcase. Maybe I can grab one. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Uh, let me see. I wanted to show the book that we're in. Um, is this it? 
Mm-hmm. Where my books at? Yeah, I should have had. I should been ready. Never mind. But uh, uh, <laughs> looking for the book. Well, now, now I'm be looking for this book and watching. When I get off, get off, I'm gonna find it. Be uh, I'll be right there. Oh, here it is. I think this is it. See, that's a real bookcase right there. See all that stuff that fell. That's a real. That's a used bookcase. Okay, I got it though. Let me see. Is this it? Now look at this. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, we're starting a book called uh, Our Ancient Foe, The Devil. And uh, that's the book we're studying, excuse me, for Tuesday, Bible study. Sister Brown is leading us in that. It's a book written about Satan and all the authors, six authors, and these authors are all dead, 1800, 1900, the Quakers, and it's a really good book, and we're going through that. You can go back and listen to Tuesday Bible Study, listen to our discussions on the different chapters. And then Wednesday, I mean Tuesday night, uh, we have Sister Venus Jackson teaching out of the Old Testament. We teach line by line and verse by verse. She teaches the Old Testament. I normally teach out of the New Testament, and uh, we give each other's breaks to study. So comprehensive Bible study, not praise break, mini service, mind manipulating Bible study. You don't like that kind of teaching, do you? So <laughs> if we in First Samuel today, this week, guess where we're gonna be next week? So you could, where we gonna be in First Samuel? If we in First Samuel this week? See, simple. So, so Venus is not the smartest person in the room, so you can always catch up. Or you can listen back and come forward. See? Man, it, it can be so simple. So with that, and then we have my clubhouse that you're helping me launch yes. in uh, January. You know, we, you know, I'm still trying to see what I want to do and I'm in that format. And then we have the TV show. What about, well, I'll let you tell about the TV show. And then, of course, okay. we have Monday... We had Thank you for that. that was a beautiful segue. Yeah, go so, ahead. This this Wednesday, a God's gift of His Word is going to premiere, and our first podcaster up, Miss Jay Shivon of Surviving the Journey Podcast. It will be Wednesday, twelve o'clock noon, all respective areas on Promote Her TV, the app. You can download it in your Google Store, Apple Store, and if you have a Roku stick or Roku TV, download the app and you can watch it and you can see it on Spirit of Excellence TV. It's to promote her app TV. It'll be on Roku. So we are very excited about this. So please tune in. We have a few other shows that will be following up. But first up is one of our podcasters that we both know, uh, Miss J. Javon. So please look out for her. She will be coming up and you will see myself as well talking to her about her podcast and her struggles through depression. So that should be good. I'm excited about it. I know Pastor Jay's going to be looking forward to that too. And some of the other podcasters that we have will be looking forward to it. So you guys tune in, get that app if you don't have it, so that you can watch as well and see who is this Miss J. Siobhan and who is the T. Drake talking about. And then you'll be able to see who she is. And that's this Wednesday at noon. <coughs> no, no matter where you're at. All your own areas. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so and what's the app name again? And you, 
and I can get that in the Google Store. I'm looking forward to that. I'm lo I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then, of course, I just want to say we have the 8.30 Sunday service, which is live uh, on Facebook, uh, YouTube, on the Walk of Truth Radio Network, and Twitter on the Walk of Truth Radio Network uh, broadcast uh, stations through the Internet. And then, of course, we got Tea with God Gifts Through His Word that can be found anywhere and everywhere. And, I, and, I, and I'm just going to throw a shout-out to Tea. I mean, I really thank her because she taught me all of this and she's bringing me along as she goes along. And that's what family's about. And uh, what is the name of our, of your, our uh, family uh, podcast, I mean, uh, a clubhouse on Saturday? Okay, when people so come. the clubhouse is called Podcast <clears throat> Connect Network. So every Saturday we're there and sometimes I'm not there, but Pastor Jay and Red Sibyl and some other ones will be leading you guys in conversations. So please do come over. You are more than welcome to join. They talk about some really open, vulnerable things. So please do come in. Even if I'm not there, they know how to uh, move the room. So you guys will be comfortable. You guys will be safe. It will be a place where you guys can be vulnerable and open, whether they're talking about domestic violence or not. We're going to be moving to coffee season. So there might be some other vulnerable things that they're talking about, but you can rest assured that they're not going to use that against you. Just come in and, and share. Pastor Jay and all the others very good at just letting you just have a moment to just express yourself so amen and then you can reach me at uh you can check out all the stuff that we do uh t's hashtag is what hashtag ggthw yes and mine is hashtag drjcs2 and hashtag witrn and then you have a laugh hashtag too don't you i have a whole bunch of okay hashtags. Right, right. She taught me. I have. I don't have as many, but but they are valuable. I'll give you that tidbit. Develop your own hashtag so people can find you quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm gonna give mine first. This is Pastor Jay Walk. Uh, uh, Pastor Jay of Walk of Truth Radio Network, and Senior Pastor of Walk of Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. And always remember, walk in the truth of the Lord, seeds, weeds, and flowers. It's your choice. Amen. And so you guys know what I do over here. I love you, but remember, the Lord loves you immensely way more than I do. I'm T. Drake, your podcasting Godmother Connection. And I always want you to remember to be blessed, motivated, and always inspired Talk to you in a minute, bye.